You're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 146. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, amazing human. Welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I'm an international award-winning business consultant and coach who has helped thousands of amazing women business owners to get all the pieces in place, have consistent four and five-figure months, and then on to six and seven-figure years without burning out in the process. When one business store closes, a new door opens, but yet often many people look so long and so regretfully upon the closed door that they do not see the one which has just been open for them. This has not been the case though for the amazing, amazing human being, Amber Grace, who has been one of my clients over the last few months. She went from putting so many hours into one business, but then realized after our first two-hour strategy session that things had to change in order to become profitable. She did not look at the door closing as a bad thing, but rather a stepping stone to where she is today. She adapted. She looked for opportunity. And I'm bringing her on the podcast today to share with you what it's like to go from one dream and moving on to the new dream and moving into a profitable dream that just a few months ago wasn't even an idea. But before we jump into this episode, I'd like to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my 12-month group coaching program, the Accelerator Program, Profit Pillars, that shows you how to transform your business so you can make more money, hell yes, to five plus figure months, reach more people and have more time to enjoy your family and friends and put an end to burnout for good. For just $8 per day, that's right, $8 per day, you you get one-to-one access with me, live monthly goal-setting sessions, fortnightly hot seat calls where you get your business questions answered, live co-working sessions to work on your business versus in your business, monthly guest experts that I bring in from around Australia and around the world to talk about topics like scaling, systems, hiring your first hire, and so much more. We have live monthly mindset coaching sessions where I bring in a line mindset coach all the way from the USA to talk about self-sabotage, limiting beliefs and so much more. You also get access to my business vault and not to mention a VIP Facebook group for daily support and building your network and so much more goodness. And for just $8 a day to grow a profitable business, you're going to want to join my 12-month accelerator group coaching program, Profit Pillars, that again shows you how to transform your business so you can make more money, reach more people, and have more time to enjoy with your family and friends and put an end to burnout for good. Head to AngelaHenderson.com.au, click on my services link, and then choose my accelerator program to join today. I cannot wait to start supporting you. Now, let's get into today's awesome, awesome episode. Welcome to the show, Amber. Thanks, and Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to have you on board, not only because you're just a good human, but you know, you're one of these clients that I've been working with who have just been absolutely killing it in so many ways. So I'm really excited to have you today, here today to talk about how one door is closed for you, but one new amazing door is open and how you've really just kind of taken it. But, and you've just nailed it. You've absolutely, in so many ways, nailed it. You're an inspiration. You're an action taker. You are filled filled with vibrance. And so, again, I could go on, but I'm really excited just to simply have you here. And with each new guest that comes on board, what I like to do is ask a fun question 
This is a fun question, but this is more of a question where I think there's opportunity for conversation to come from. You and I both share some very um, similar thoughts around the importance of mental health and the stigma that is attached with mental health. So though it is a fun question, it's more of an intriguing question that I have for you today. As I, like I said, I know you're a huge advocate for the mental health space, and I know you're equally passionate about, like I said, this topic just as much as I am. So I'd love to hear what you feel we need to do collectively as a community, as a do you know I mean, country, um, as a world, in order to start breaking down the stigma around this super important topic? I don't know if that's a fun question, Ange, but thanks oh. for asking. <laughs> well, like I said, it's a fun, but it's like, I just think it's, it's just such a topic that is so important. And so I guess for me is, mental health always has just like this badness around it right like you know mm, oh it's yeah. just like it's heavy and it is heavy I mean we can't um discredit that either but I think like I said there's an element of truth that needs to happen so maybe it's not so much like what's your favorite ice cream right but I just think that <laughs> because I know how passionate you are about this topic and I am yes. very passionate about making sure that entrepreneurs have the opportunity to really um, use their voice and amplify their voice. And I know you're someone that has that. So that's why I thought of all the people I've ever brought on, I think this is episode 146 we're on. I know you've got some light that others probably need to hear. Yeah. Look, and I think you've almost hit the nail on the head or taken the words out of my mouth there because one of the things that I really advocate for in the mental health space is um, giving platform for a voice. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that in terms of my beliefs around mental health and and what we can do collectively and and even as, um, you know, individuals is to really voice mental health. Um, I'm an avid believer that stigma really comes from keeping silent about our experiences. So if we can use platforms even like this to share our experiences around mental health, if we can keep the conversation around mental health going, I think that we will go a long way in ensuring that mental health is no longer stigmatised and that everybody has an equal understanding of of what mental health is all about. Mm -hmm. So, okay, not as fun as, um, you know, what's my favourite? ice cream (laughs) but in terms of my views definitely it's about giving a voice to you know those with lived experience but people who have a real understanding of what mental health really is is all about and I mean here in Australia our data shows this I haven't seen the most recent data over the last 12 months because they release it kind of in awkward not awkward just random times it's never like you know you get it at the beginning of the year but you know, on average, eight people take their lives every single day. And I just think, I mean, it is eight too many. Um, and I and I talk about the entrepreneur spaces. You know, I look at businesses, growth, start, um, sorry, startup growth and scale stage. And in each of those comes with various um, levels of crazy, right? Um, mm. It could be different hours. It could be that you're spending money and things aren't going the way you want to. But I see financial you know, breakdown happen. I see marital breakdown happen with entrepreneurship. And Mm. it typically starts off like a stress and then it goes to burnout and then it goes to that full blown diagnosis. So just again, Mm. an opportunity to make sure that we are having these conversations and we are breaking down stigma around Mm. this. I think especially in the entrepreneur space is so important because again, we are hit with things every single day. Mm. And I think you talk about um, the 
the link between um, suicide and suicide prevention and mental health. But you're right, we really need to look beyond that link and, and we need to start considering, you know, some of the, the social and environmental factors which can contribute to suicide. Mm-hmm. And that's really how we're going to start to make some headway in terms of getting those statistics. And if we think about it realistically, behind each of those statistics is a real person. But in order to start reducing those statistics, we really need to think outside the square and we need to to think beyond that link between mental illness and suicide and we need to start thinking about some of those environmental um, and other contributing factors and it's something that I have a conversation with my clients about all the time I sort of you know have, have named myself the the well-being warrior because I think it's really important when working with people in terms of employment and and obviously as a result of the pandemic we've had a lot of loss of employment um, that we start to have those conversations about you know how are you taking care of yourself how how are you looking after your mental well-being, etc.? So, yeah, I'm really glad that you've given space for this. Well, thank you so much. Like I said, it isn't one of those like, hey, what is your favorite ice cream? But because we are on the topic of ice cream and we have said it a few times, let's go for it. Let's kind of add a little bit of fun back to it also. What is your all-time then favorite ice cream, my friend? And I hate ice cream. <laughs> We're batting 100 here today. I tell you what. All right. Well, you know, you're just going to have to tell us a fun fact then. I can say that I am an, uh, uh, like an avid Nutella eater, so I do share that in common with you. Nutella on pancakes would have okay. to be like my all-time favorite. I don't how get to I eat not, very no, often. But how did yeah. I let you into the? How did I let you start working with me without eating ice cream? This should have been like one of those pre-qualifying questions. But Nutella, I will let you continue, my friend. So that's yeah. too funny. <laughs> So now that we know a little bit about, obviously, both of our passions about mental health, I mean, mine, I talk about it regularly, but just having a different view of that, especially like you said about the pandemic and everything that's going on. I know here in Australia, for those listeners who are overseas in the state of Victoria, they were hit the most here um, out of all the states. They were in lockdown for about 10 months. And at a time of recording, there was some data that's just been released about kids' mental health down in Victoria and how they're seeing three times more kids than ever before refusing to go to school because their anxiety is so high uh, mm-hmm. because they haven't had to go for so long that they're just like the doctors don't know what to do, right? So again, mm-hmm. interesting and such an important conversation. But today, we're not here just to talk about mental health, my friend. We're here to explore really how one door closed for you and a new door opened for you. And like I said, it's been pretty magical to see this really over the space of four months, three months, December, January, February, we're into the fourth month. And I think at the time that this will be dropped, it will be going into your fifth month. But over the space of four months, you came to me with one business. You left with me after our first strategy session with in a completely new business. So I just want you to start with the for the listeners to understand, tell them what business did you originally come to me with and where are we at now? Yeah, absolutely. So when I started out in business, it was actually in the suicide prevention space and I was helping women with um, all degree of adversity, I guess, and supporting them through a journey of, of getting back to wanting to live a life that they felt was worthwhile And it was absolutely incredible. And I got to work with such amazing and and inspirational people. Um, Unfortunately, by the time I came to you, I had really realized that there perhaps wasn't as much space for me to spread my wings in the sector as what I wanted. And I really looked at 
you know, okay, well, I've got a passion here for this business, but do we always necessarily need to follow our passion and turn that into a business? Can I be looking at this from a different angle? And so when I came to you, I came to you with an idea of how I might tweak that business slightly. And I think, you know, what you did was you really opened up my eyes in terms of looking at my business, not just from the perspective of, you know, where I wanted to um, help people and make changes and have an impact, but from a logical perspective, which is, well, where am I getting the numbers from? Um, where am I finding my clients, etc. And we talked about some of my other loves. And, you know, I've come from nearly 15 years um, working in the learning and development um, space. And so one of my other loves in terms of helping people um, was in helping people make change. And obviously, I can do that within that career type sector. And so helping women now um, to make, you know, a, a career change is something that I'm finding so much enjoyment out of, but that I actually get to look at my business and say, okay, I know exactly who my client is. I know exactly where I'm going to find them. And I can really make something out of this business and still have a really, really huge impact. A lot of my clients um, do sort of come to me in a situation where they're almost close to burnout. So in a sense, there's a little bit of, um, I guess, similarity between the two um, because it's still about looking after, you know, their mental well-being, making shifts in their mindset, et cetera, before we venture into that career change journey. And again, that's what people, I will, I can appreciate that because when people say, oh, well, you know, do you think your 15 years as a mental health clinician diagnosing people and, you know, doing all that was a waste? And I'm like, no, no, absolutely not. Those individuals that I had the beautiful opportunity to work with and to hear those stories have actually shaped me into the person that I am today. And that those, you know, skills that I got as a mental health clinician and therapist actually allow me to capitalize on what I can do with my clients. So I would totally see how your skill set from your previous business um, is, a, is an opportunity to be able to just work with your women in even a more holistic approach than ever before. Mm, absolutely. And that's one of the things that I really value about my business at the moment is that the model that I use is one that looks for holistic outcomes for women. Um, so as I said before, it's not about just, you know, finding another job for someone. It's really about taking them on um, a journey, seeing if we can um, incorporate some lifestyle factors, some mindset shifts into this career change um, so that they're really feeling um, not only fulfillment in terms of their new career, but fulfillment in terms of themselves as well and and you're right you know I certainly take my previous business even as a learning experience and and it too has shaped the way that I operate um, in terms of you know being a CEO or being a business owner and I know when you first came to me and I, I just want to go back and touch upon that is you actually had a brilliant business idea about suicide prevention and how you could work with those individuals in Australia who may have at some stage in their life you know what I mean try to take their life correct Yes. However, one of the things that with all businesses is like you touched upon, passion is great. And I, and, I, and I encourage all people that you still need to have joy in what you do or else you're going to start to resent the work that you do. But mm -hmm. when we really looked at the numbers about the number of people collectively in Australia that would, you know, what I mean, unfortunately, try and take their life every year, those numbers are limited, really, like overall, right, in the grand scheme of things. And we also yeah. looked upon, um, Amber, 
the, some of the bigger competitors in your field and you were really having to compete with really the not-for-profit organizations and because they were a not-for-profit organization and you weren't because you were trying to obviously make money right is that the the problem that we faced when we when I started to unpack your business was that like hey you know the likelihood of us getting a grant is going to be minimal right the likelihood of people having x amount of money to be able to engage in your service if they're really quite unwell is probably do you know what I mean minimal right because they might have lost their job whatever they may not have but a lot of times they might take some time off to recover from that and so when we started to really look at the data I really try to take the emotion out of that and look at Mm. what was the data presenting in front of us and when we started to look at you know what could you make and profit we were really left with not that much right Mm. Mm mm-hmm Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that um, I appreciated about you from the very start is that you came to me with these great critical thinking skills. You really looked at my business without the emotion involved, whereas I was at that stage quite attached um, to the business and, and, you know, still probably had this feeling that I want to try and make it work. I want to try and make it work. (laughs) And I'm sure a lot of people sort of have that attachment to their business, even when it's starting to run down into the ground. But I could do this. I could do this just keep striving um and and realistically yes you're right when we started to look at the data I I would have ended up just banging my head against a brick wall um, and, and also spending how much money like you potentially could have spent tens of thousands of dollars putting money into a business model mm, that based mm. on what our data was saying would have it it could have been profitable but it probably would have taken years to become profitable because of the people you're competing with Yes, that's that's correct. And I had already invested quite a bit into the business because it was something that I was quite passionate about. And yeah, to think that that investment would have realistically continued, but that the impact that I wouldn't have been making um, wouldn't have given me that return on investment. You know, at the end of the day, when you're a business owner, you need to be looking at that all the time. So yeah, it was quite and how did eye-opening. you know and how did you feel during that conversation? Because I'm pretty blunt, right, about it. Because and not because I do it from a place of meanness, but I want to set you guys up the best you can for future success. And so during our session, there was a there was a time when you kind of had the light bulb moment. We were like, actually, this is all making sense. And it was kind of then, and, and again, I don't know exact moment, but you were kind of like, all right, well, what, what, what can I do instead? Right? How yeah. can we do this? So how did you feel at that moment where you're like, shit, I actually might have to close this door, but also allow yourself space to listen to new possibilities? What was going through your mind for that? <laughs> You know, I think back to that moment and, and I can picture it so clearly because I was sitting out in my backyard on, on my outdoor setting and I'm listening to you saying, you know, Amber, realistically, this is, this has not got potential to be a business. It's not going to be a profitable business. We really need to think, you know, beyond this. And I think that emotional response initially was so much resistance and, and fear and, you know, I'm sure that um, other people can relate to this, that there was this sense of, oh, no, I failed then. Mm-hmm. And straight away I was like, you know what, like, yeah, like have I really failed or am I learning from this experience? Am I going to be able to do something with this? Can I turn this around and make it into something? And that's where I had the the aha moment. And, yeah, you were quite upfront. And I think I needed that, though. I think I needed that push in order to escape the emotional attachment and to really look at my business um, from like an analytical um, perspective. 
And in the end, I think it was really that decision to go, okay, well, here's a person who actually believes that what I've been doing with my business would have worked had it been the right type of business. Mm -hmm. So essentially, if I've got all the skills and I've got, you know, the ability and the capacity, why can't I just, you know, help women in a different way? And that's when I started to be more receptive, I think, to um, some of your suggestions and and when we started to look back at, you know, what some of my other passions were and and what sorts of things I really enjoyed doing, um, you know, that's where that aha moment was. You know, I can still make an impact, um, but I can do this in a more productive way and I can take all my learning and I can turn it into something really big. So, And that's what I loved was that you knew one door was closing, one new door was opening but you were willing to adapt you were willing not to go this is a failure or this is a mistake because you took that and we reframed it to these are the lessons that I'm going to need to get me to the where I need to go these are the lessons that are going to help me impact more women to be able to make career changes and it was then when we started brainstorming the new business we started looking at who your ideal client was going to be we started looking at your new messaging we started looking at you know what type of funnel you could have what what would work what wouldn't work we started talking about lead magnets and within those 2 hours we went from one old business to a completely new business And that new business, obviously, is we were still able to maintain your original name of your first business. We were able to incorporate that because we were trying to look at, well, how can we do this without having to spend more money, right, Mm. in the most effective way? So we were able to do that. We just kind of upchanged the the tagline and a few messagings around that. Um, And from that call, we talked about also how you were going to be able to increase your visibility because we needed to make sure, again, and this is for any business, you have to be visible in order to be profitable. If people don't know about you, how are you going to be able to sell to them and how are you going to be able to make an impact? And in four months, not only have you recreated the messaging, right? Started getting, you know, your name out there. You've launched your own podcast. All right. You've launched your lead magnet, which is now bringing fresh leads in on a regular basis. You've had your highest earning month to date, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's pretty, I mean, and we're not just talking like a few thousand dollars here. We're talking about Amber has hit five figure months already in a space of four months, right? This is what happens when people are ready to close one door and look for opportunity and adapt, but equally ready to take action. There was nothing holding you back, was there? No, that's right. And I think, you know, you did right from the get-go, you really talked to me about, okay, well, what are the next steps? And, you know, so relevant to my business name because it's how I think all the time now. What's the next step? What comes next? Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, you took me through strategies to really work out, well, how do I find my client? What can I implement to really grow the business financially? And what can I do in a really rapid space of time so that I'm not investing in the business without making um, money in return? Um, You look, at how I could increase my network so that I could start bouncing my ideas off of people and and not be completely alone in the the business sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you looked at how I could really market my services more effectively. And you know it was those four things that I really took away and absolutely ran with. And oh gosh, when I think back to all of the things that I've accomplished, so thanks for pointing them all out. Um, I think oh my god, like is that really what I've done? But you know you're right. It's been so successful in so many ways. And, you know, from the very beginning, just getting clear on my client, 
um, were so, so um, valuable and, you know, really refining the way that I actually practiced um, business was was absolutely um, a huge component of, of the success that I've had in realistically the space of two months because <laughs> there was lots of kind of behind the scenes stuff happening to begin with to kind of get a podcast happening, to get a, a website happening, to get everything, um, you know, together in terms of services and, and what have you. But, and plus we had um, Christmas and New Year during that space too. Yeah, so, I mean, absolutely. Really- yeah, yeah. And talking about Victoria, you know, we had only just come out of lockdown and, and quite quickly sort of went back into a bit of an unknown, you know, yep. possibly long-term lockdown again. So, um, yeah, it's it's lots of things have, I guess, been um, thrown my way, but it's been about, okay, no, just stay on the journey that you need to stay on. Just, yeah, keep, yep. keep at forefront of mind what it is that you need to do um, to move forward and not only to make the business a success, but to serve my clients, you know, mm-hmm. that that's what it comes down to. And for those listeners out there, because there'll be plenty of listeners out there going, yeah, do you know what I mean? But, you know, for you in regards, like, what was it that you had to do about, like, how did you decide to work with me? Like, how did you know for yourself, like, you're like, I actually can't keep doing what I'm doing, and I'm going to need to get a business consultant in place. And I really just need to be brave. And I need to put fear aside. And I need to be willing to invest in myself and have the confidence to know that I'm going, that business can flow with ease and I'm going to get this money back. So how did you either, like, how did you know, what was the turning point that you're like, I need to hire Ange to, you know what I mean, just to start figuring some of these things out? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the main thing was that I could feel myself in what I call this blissfully ignorant um, stage (laughs) in my business journey that I felt like I don't know what I don't know. Mm -hmm. And when you don't know what you don't know, you actually need a different perspective. You need somebody else's eyes, ears, um, voice to be able to tell you what you don't know. And so, you know, I guess for me I was introduced to you and your your amazing services um, by somebody else. And when they spoke to me about you, they sort of said, you know, she's really just going to tell you exactly how it is. Mm -hmm. And you'll either choose to work with it or you won't. And initially I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But then I realized, no, but I, I need that because if I don't know what I don't know, how am I going to move forward? I need to start learning what I need to know. (laughs) Um, And so it was really that, I guess, that propelled me to, to make the decision to invest in you. And, And from that very, very first meeting, when I realized just how much you you know, could offer in terms of insight, how much you knew about business and how you were, I guess, really quickly, you could actually visualize the way that my business was going to look. And you could share that vision with me. And when you shared that vision with me, that's what really got me on board because I was like, yeah, absolutely, I can do this. I mean, I'd never considered, um, you know, starting a podcast before in my life. And when you shared that with me, I was like, she really knows exactly where she wants this business to be in three months, six months, et cetera. And, and straight away I felt like she's treating my business like it's her baby not just my baby. And because of the attachment that I had to the business, 
I just found that so, um, I don't know, refreshing Mm -hmm. to just hear someone care about my business as much as I did. So, yeah, does that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I just want to like I just like listeners to have a different sense of what it's like and to, for them just to hear it. So there's no wrong or right way to answer the question. It's more about like what just happens and that's exactly what just happened, right? It came from you and it came from the heart and that's what I'm wanting listeners to hear because so many listeners are, you know, it's like they know they need to invest in their business, but then they're like, but why or how or whatever. And just hearing it from another person who's a peer, right? Uh, even though they don't know mm. you, but they can go, actually, I'm in there. And you know, I often hear people say like, well, I don't want to invest, but I'm like, you know, again, what it's either time or money you're exchanging here. You can continue to try to Google and YouTube and stitch everything together. And how many of those hours are getting wasted where you could be reading books to your children or playing in the sunshine or going on holiday or taking your dog for a walk. But um, yeah, I mean, yes, you invested in me and yes, it costs money, but you've made that money back tenfold almost, I would say, you know, over the last two, three months going full mm. steam within the business. Mm. And not mm. to mention, you know, people often forget that it's not just about the strategy that I bring in the years of experience that I bring, but you're getting access to my connections, you're getting access to my network. And I am mm. a firm believer that your network equals your net worth. The more people you know, the more visible you can be, the more that you can help them to make impact for their world, but equally they can help you make impact for your world. So it all goes together. Now, my next question for you is, what have you found to be your favorite part with working with me so far? Gosh, how do I f- uh, pick a favorite? Can you pick a favorite ice cream like flavor? Or- <laughs> oh, dude, I mean, Nutella would probably have to win if I could. <laughs> Okay. Well, look, I've got two favorites, so I'm going to talk really, really fast so I can actually share them both. So firstly, um, you approach every challenge um, with more questions and a really deep curiosity. Mm -hmm. So it's not about spoon feeding the answers to people. And I love that. Um, It's really about, you know, developing people as as an individual, Mm -hmm. both within the business and outside of the business as well. Mm -hmm. So just being able to grow, not only by business, but also be able to grow as a person. You make me think more um, and you see things through a different lens, Um, you know, and so for me it's about, okay, I need that inner coach. I need someone who can see things differently than what I do because, you know, fair enough, yeah, I can keep sitting on that fence and (laughs) I can keep doing things the way that I'm doing and I can keep banging my head against a brick wall. But at the end of the day, if I've got someone who's willing to show me um, my business in a different light, well, why not take that on board? Um, Secondly, and you just touched on this before, is just your availability. You know, you never promised right from day one that you're going to be there 24 hours a day. And I never expected that, to be honest. But um, every time I've needed to share an idea, ask a question, or even just get something out of my head, um, you know, to verbalise something, you're there. And it makes you feel like, you know, you value my business. So availability, I think, is up there. And, and yeah, definitely that um, that curiosity that you have, you know, the non-spoon feeding. And I think, yeah, and I, and I do appreciate you saying that because I work hard to differentiate myself from other business consultants and coaches and that I want every client that I work with to be in a better place from an educational point, not just from profitability, but 
that they actually understand why I'm telling them to do things. Again, and as I said often is, is that you've got business mentors, business coaches, and business consultants. And I consider myself 75% consultant, 25% coach. I'm really there to advise you on the current best practices for your individual business and your family needs, et cetera, that will help you move closer to the profitable business and sustainable business that you want. And so for me, is is understanding those businesses, but also asking questions I, it would be a lot easier, trust me, just to give you guys the answer. It would probably save me half the time or 75% mm. of the time I spend answering yeah. questions. But I want to make sure that you guys actually are going to have deep, you know, um, deeper levels of and cognitive recognition about what you guys could and couldn't do, because I don't want you guys in my space forever. Now, that might seem really weird, but as a business consultant, you guys will use me for the time that you need me, but I should never want to hold you guys. If if so, I haven't done my job. And so mm. I want to make sure that I'm educating you guys along the way. So that's empowering you guys so that when you do leave the nest, per se, you guys mm. have those solid skills to be able to make those bigger decisions without needing me and without building that dependence. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you definitely do achieve that. I can already feel it within myself. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for that. Now, for those listeners sitting on the fence, because I'll hear things like, well, I don't have the money to work with Ange. You know, my first program starts at $8 a day. And what I say to that, uh, Amber, is is every human being is either paying for massages or they're buying new clothes or they're going out for coffee or they're going out for dinner, right? We will always find money, right? We mm-hmm. will. And there's also, mm-hmm. I believe, I'm looking at hiring my own uh, new business consultant. He's going to cost me $52,000 for six months. It's mm-hmm. by far the biggest investment that I've ever made. But I generally believe I will make that money back within a month to two months, right? So Mm. for those sitting on the fence wanting to work with me as a business consultant or, you know, what words of encouragement would you give women and and whether or not it's me or whether or not someone else, because not everyone works with me as in like, they don't feel the vibe. That's okay. I want people to find the people who can actually move them. What words of encouragement would you give them uh, to go and either, you know, work with me or go and find someone to work with them? Yeah. And look, I think that is such a a common but also a natural experience. You know, we find ourselves sitting on lots of fences in life and ultimately, and particularly as business owners, um, you know, we're responsible for making decisions. Mm-hmm. And I'd suggest your listeners really ask themselves what they actually want personally and professionally. If they want to keep things the way that they are, well, fine, stay on the fence. Uh, but if they really want to make change and they want to see growth in their business and they want to grow as a business owner, if they want to radically develop as an individual then that's where I'd say get off the fence. Um, And there's no better person's yard to land in than yours. But I tell you what, if you're landing in, you know, a coach, a consultant's yard, um, then I think the investment, um, you know, really pays for itself quite rapidly. And it can be really hard to think about, okay, well, if I'm making this investment, am I really going to get the return? And you may not see the return quickly, but it will be there. And you're right, you know, $8 a day, what's that? It's not even two cups of coffee here in Victoria. So, um, you know, to get that sort of um, business insight um, to help you grow um, individually and and also to grow your business, um, it's not a huge investment. No. And so for you, you've just had the biggest month ever. 
besides strategy and support, what do you feel are the key elements that you took to make this happen? And I, and I emphasize the words you, because I do want people to know as though I will show up for strategy and though I will there be to support you and be there to be available and answer questions. The reality of it is, is your business success and our failures is on you. It is your responsibility to, again, mm-hmm. it's the more actions you take, the more likely you're moving forward, the more inaction you take, the more likely you're going to be remain stuck. So that's why I emphasize the word is what key elements did you take to make this happen for you? Yeah, absolutely. And look, one of the things that comes to my mind, um, first and foremost, and is just that word accountability, um, that this is your business. There's actually nobody else making the decisions, nobody else telling you what to do. People can give you insight. Um, people can make suggestions, recommendations. But at the end of the day, as a business owner, you need to be accountable for your business and you need to make the decisions that are right for you, your clients and your business um, to keep moving forward. I think one of the key things that I learned in the very beginning was just that idea of getting clear on my client. So I spent a lot of time really finding out, look, who is she and who isn't she? Um, what does she really want? What does she actually need? How can I make a difference in her life? Um, how can I get to know her more? How can I share aspects of myself with her? And I think as business owners, we do need to have a little bit of vulnerability as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, really listening and understanding her, knowing her challenges and what she needs from me so that she can actually get to where she wants to be. Mm-hmm. That was probably crucial for me um, because without knowing my client I really couldn't deliver service um go on sorry I know and again it's so important right is and I guess it is so important to understand that but I also just want to say that the art of the evolution of your client too right is if I think about the people that I worked with when I first started consulting to the people that I work with now big difference right when I Mm. first started I was just kind of like again throwing things out and working with whoever kind of came into my there and and though I still help them the reality of it is is some of them have bad attitudes or fixed mindsets right and now I'm really looking for the individual who's got like a growth mindset and they're willing to take action and they don't put excuses on everything they they might be sad if something doesn't go right but the next day they're back in it going what can I do to make this better and so again just know that as a as a important as it is to understand this person, just give yourself some grace too, and that it will evolve over time and it will get tighter Mm. over time. And the more it does evolve, uh, the more profitable your business will be over time also. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I guess, um, getting back to, um, you know, the, the idea of, you know, what sort of actions I personally implemented. Um, you know, I call it the art of refinement, but essentially I stopped spreading myself really thin. Mm-hmm. Nine mm-hmm. weeks ago, mm-hmm. I was launching a podcast. Oh, by the time this lands, it could possibly be 12 weeks ago. Yep. I was launching a podcast. I was posting three times a day on social media. I was putting together services. I was developing my business marketing and sales strategy. Just saying it is so exhausting. Mm -hmm. Now I focus on one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. And if that means getting support with other aspects of the business, so be it. Mm -hmm. But I really focus on that one thing and I make sure that I get it done in completion um, before I move on to something else. Mm -hmm. And this lets me be not only more present in my business, it lets me show up for my clients and really deliver um, the highest of quality 
in terms of services to them. And essentially it does. It comes back to my clients. But, um, yeah, that's something that I've really, really focused on, particularly in the last sort of six to eight weeks. And I think you raised an important point there is there's going to be phases of business. There's going to be phases of business where it's just like head down, you're on the go, mm-hmm. and business will feel a little bit harder. You know, not to the point of hustle, because I don't believe in hustle, but you will work a little bit harder, right? And in your instance, you had to work a little bit harder just to get over the hump, right? But now that you've gotten over the hump and you've laid those foundations, you've been able to ease off that gas pedal and just really, like you said, hone in on one thing. You know, you can still be successful without being on Clubhouse and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and all this. Choose one thing and do it well. Run your race course, show up where your community is showing up. If you do one thing well, it's going to have a ripple effect for the other parts of your business. You don't have to be doing everything. Mm-hmm. Too true. It's yeah, not sustainable. The- it's not sustainable to do everything. Well, it isn't. And that's where I talk about the mental health side, right? Is it starts mm. off as a little bit of stress. And then it's mm. like people are on the point of burnout and to the point of burnout where it's like they almost want to give up on their business. <laughs> um, and then it turns into like literally like some people and then like entrepreneurs I've seen end up in hospital, right? Because they're so unwell, right? From a, from a mental health perspective, like the depression yeah. or the anxiety has got them, right? And so mm-hmm. again, you don't have to, like I always say in our group coaching calls every month, like what is your bandwidth? What is your bandwidth right now for what you can do over the next four weeks? If you know you've got Christmas and school holidays and birthdays or um, an operation, your bandwidth is going to be smaller. So let's just, I mean, reduce what we have to do to only those really, truly necessity things, right? So mm-hmm. you can always be assessing your bandwidth and always understand that, again, less is more, even though the world we've been living in tells us more is better. That is not always the case, my friend. Absolutely. And I think one of the other things, and and it's probably another motto of yours um, that I always hear in the back of my mind is, you know, don't get caught up in shiny shiny object syndrome. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, don't, everyone's going to have ideas for your business. Everybody will tell you to do this, do that, do this, do that. But at the end of the day, if you take on board all of those things, that's a lot of work. (laughs) So much work. It's so much work. And also so much pressure that people put on themselves that isn't necessary, right? Mm. And also I think it's the importance of like everyone grows their businesses at different stages. Some are faster, Mm. some aren't, right? Mm. If you don't have kids and other things like this and a full-time job, then you might have more time and you're going to naturally grow a bit quicker. But if you're balancing maybe kids or a sick parent, for example, that you might be taking care Mm. of or you're helping you know, raise, um, say your sister's kids or something like that. Right. Like, again, it's going to look very different. So don't compare other people to stay in your own race and focus on you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For those businesses out there who are curious to connect with you, Amber, where can they find you? Well, I think the best place for them to go is to the website, which is secondsteps.com.au. But I'm also on um, Instagram and Facebook. My Instagram handle is secondstepsau and Facebook secondsteps, capital A-U-S. Fantastic. Now, listen, it has been an absolute pleasure working with you over these last few months. And I know we'll continue to work together in my Profit Pillars program, which is my 12-month accelerator program. And I love having you in there every day. I love the energy you bring. I love the wisdom that you bring. And I also love seeing you just go from pillar of pillar of strength so thank you so much for being on the podcast today i've got one final question though for you um amber is what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in business 
I think the first thing would be a little bit to do with what we were talking about just before, just that importance of filtration. Um, so just take on what's relevant to me and shut out what's not going to have a positive impact on my business or on me. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, there's a massive pool of people out there like yourself, Ange, mm-hmm. um, who have been there, done it before, made the mistakes, found the solutions, and they're really very willing to support you. And being a business owner, as I mentioned before, it can be such an isolating experience if you don't reach out and connect with people. So the connection that I've gained, um, not only from working with you, but being part of the Profit Pillars program um, has been absolutely, uh, I guess, essential in terms of the growth of my business. And I wish that, you know, I knew about this pool of people um, from day one when I started business. Mm. Um, And then I'd also say just that ability to let go, um, Mm. not not grasping, not trying to change or analyze, but just giving space to something, allowing something to actually blossom. It could be a launch or a decision or a piece of feedback. Um, Initially, I really held on to ideas very, very tightly, and it really actually stopped me from going after opportunities to try new things. Mm -hmm. So things like the podcast, which have been hugely successful in terms of connecting with my client. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's just let go, let things happen, and, you know, be able to make space for opportunity. Love it. Absolutely love it. And again, I can't thank you enough for being here today. But remember, as my own coach says, you're right on time. So even though you hadn't heard, don't mind the dog dooming snoring in the background, people. Again, I didn't keep it real. It was not my stomach. It was grateful the dog snoring. But for those, you know, as my own coach says, is you're right on time. So yes, it would have been great for you to have known about me or my services earlier on, but you were right where you needed to be because it was the lessons and the learnings that you needed. And then you came into my space and you're, and you still are right on time. So for all of you, all of those out there, you all are right on time and remember embrace where you're at, assess where you're at, reflect where you're at. And for the rest of you, my team and I will be putting together the show notes for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au. And then you click on podcast to be able to um, access those. Uh, Thanks again, Amber, for being on the show today. And for the rest of you have a fabulous day, no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to you joining me again next week for another awesome episode of the business and life conversations podcast have a fab day thanks for listening to the business and life conversations podcast with angela henderson www.angelahenderson.com.au